We started a series for this month of, this is the month where our celebration of Thanksgiving is. Uh, through the years, I've preached a, a number of different service or messages on, on Thanksgiving, and this message is a little bit different. And so I really encourage you, if you weren't here last week, you can go online, gatesofthecity.org, and go to, to the, our podcast or however you do it. I'm, I'll, I'll mess it up, so don't follow my instruction. Just go on there and do it. <clears throat> but you can download the messages for free They're on there, and or you can just listen to it. And I just really encourage you to listen to this because um, I really believe that this connection between grace and thanksgiving is, is an absolute key to the success of a human being's life. But it's the success of the church. How many are so, 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 so thankful that the elections are over? Glory to God. Amen? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the outcome, but I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful. You know, when I say I'm thankful for the outcome, the outcome is based on the people, right? And and the system and the way it, it operates, that's the outcome. I'm thankful for the outcome. I'd be thankful for the outcome either way because even if whoever I voted for wasn't in, my faith is not in the candidates. My faith is in God. Amen? So I remain thankful whether it's good or it's not good or it's, not, it's what I want or it's not what I want, you know? And, and you know... Well, anyway, we'll, I, I could go off on that, <clears throat> and, I, and I won't say any more. But I am very thankful that they're over. Glory to Jesus. And, and that great days are ahead for, for Christians, for all men, and all those who are in authority because of the God that we serve and who we pray to and who we believe God for. He is the difference in everything that goes on. Amen? Glory to Jesus. So, we've been talking about... Thankfulness, but we're tying thankfulness and grace together. I said this last week that the grace of God, but for the grace of God, we'll look at that verse of scripture in a moment in 1 Corinthians 15. But for the grace of God, where would you and I be? But for the grace of God, where would we be? Probably in a ditch dead. At least I can speak for myself. But for the grace of God. But for the grace of God, where would we be? But the grace of God is not just something that is offered to me at my salvation experience. It's something that I have to live by and I have to understand that. But grace is activated. Grace is activated through thanksgiving. We talked about it a little bit, but we're going to look today. My subtitle on my message is the gift of grace, the gift that grace is. But grace is activated in your and my life on a day-to-day basis by our, our willingness to thank God for His greatness no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what we deal with. And, and once grace is activated, then that activation into my life enables me to accomplish things that in the natural I wouldn't have normally accomplished. In other words, it gives me supernatural abilities to do natural things that in the natural I may not have the natural ability to accomplish. Don't ask me to repeat that. Anyway, but that's what I believe. That's what grace does. 
Who deserves it? Nobody. Right? Nobody deserves grace. But grace is given to us because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because of what he did for us, we have a right to receive it. And God wants us, he desires for you and I to actively be receiving and tapping into the grace of God. So I want to read a few verses of scripture that we looked at last week. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory today. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Talked about last week, there's, there's a smell that goes with victory. There, there is an odor. I'm not talking about B.O. I'm, t- I'm saying there is an odor that goes with victory. There's something about the presence that you, that you entertain when you're living victorious because of Jesus Christ being real in your life. Notice that all of the victory that he talks about in these two passages of Scripture, they're all related to our connection to him. Amen? So my salvation, the day that I got born again, that I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, that day, by the grace of God, I was victorious. And I am victorious all through my life. But the victory that overcomes situations is my faith in the fact that he overcame. Not faith in my faith. Faith in the fact that he did what he said and that he will always do what he says. Always. And when my faith is there... There's not anything that I, can't, uh, that I can't overcome or tackle in life. Not, nothing can get the best of me if my faith is there. Amen? So, Ephesians 2, and I want to look at a few things that talk about and, and reveal to us what this gift of grace is really all about and how we maintain it on a day-to-day basis. Galatians uh, where did I tell you? Ephesians. That's where I was going. I said Ephesians, and then I went to Galatians, and then I said, where am I going? Okay, verse 4. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. Okay? Hold your place right there and look at Titus. Titus. Chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation. What brings salvation to you and I? The grace of God only. Without the grace of God, there is no salvation. There's no life. There's no existence. There's no life after life. But for the grace of God. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. In other words, all men have the opportunity to be saved. If, if, you're, if you're in business 
and you've got a product that you're selling, the more people that you can get that in front of that you're selling, the more opportunity that you'll have for them to buy, right? Well, our product has appeared to all men in one form or another. But the appearing in a way that people can receive it and reach out and take it and believe in it depends on how you and I live our lives. And if I don't live my life trusting and having faith and confidence in God, in His grace, if I don't live my life, I live a life of pride. Yeah, I'm born again, but I'm this. And, you know, if it hadn't been for all these things that I'd done, I'd never be, you know, and I have all this pride and this attitude in life, then people are not drawn to arrogance and pride. Did you hear me? So what people of the world need is for you and I to be people of grace. People that activate grace on a day-to-day basis. People that believe in the grace of God that not only saved us, but heals us and delivers us and sets us free day-to-day. We, need, we have to be those people. Those are, those are the God people that God, that God has created you and I to be. Amen? Back to Ephesians where we just were. Um, and verse 5, or verse 6. And he's raised us, well, go back to verse 5. <clears throat> Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. What ages? I've, I've had people, and, and I, I'm not being critical of anybody that has preached this, but I've heard people say that those ages are the ages beyond this life. But as this was pinned by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, those ages he were talking about are the ages this age. A uh, hundred years ago age. A hundred years from now age. He's talking about the ages to come that what? Notice. Might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourself. It's what? It's the gift of God. I think I used Randy last week. If I'm going to give Randy a gift, what does he have to do for the gift? No? Pay me a hundred bucks? No. If he has to pay me $100, it's not a gift. Right? Right? All he has to do is receive it. So anything in life that God has for me and I find out about it, what my responsibility is, is to receive it. And learn how to receive it by faith, not getting my attitude and my works-minded mentality in the way to cause me to miss what God has. I, I honestly believe that so many people miss what God has for them because they're so busy trying to attain it. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift. So, If, the, if, if, grace, if the grace of God is activated through thankfulness, then how do we do that? I mean, your natural mind may think you know. I'm telling you that the lack of thankfulness is an epidemic. 
the lack of it. Well, Pastor, I, you know, I'm thankful that I'm alive and I'm thankful for this, that, and the other. Yeah, but how many sources of information that you listen to and pay attention to on a day-to-day basis talk about being thankful? In other words, um, how, how many in here watch the nightly news? I do at times. It's not a sin, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just asking you, you know, who listens to what, you know? Or you listen to some of the major network news stations, or you watch sitcoms, or you watch this. I mean, how many, how much of the things that go in our eyes and in our ears have to do with Thanksgiving, where people are thankful for other people? Most of it is complaining. Most of it is competition with, well, they don't do what I do, or this one isn't like me, and, and, and on and on. And then, and then see, if, if, I, if, if, I've, if Fabian's doing something that, is, that I may be jealous of, and then I go to Randy and tell Randy about Fabian, and I talk about him, what happens is it makes me feel better because I'm venting on someone else about another individual that was created in the image of God. Because I don't necessarily agree with what he's doing. That's what we do in politics. I tell you what, this election was vicious. The candidate that won was vicious. The candidate that lost was vicious. And all the people on both sides were vicious. I'm telling you. I mean... You know, after a while, you just, I, I just have to shut that stuff off. I can't listen to it all day long. I mean, they just play it over and over. But think of all the people. All they do, all they're focused on is the, is the negative in someone else that's supposedly, you know, their enemy. If they're a Republican and this one's a Democrat, then the Democrat's the Republican's enemy and vice versa. It's wrong. It's not Republican and Democrat. Right? The Bible says there's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ. All of humanity was given, as we just read in Titus, was given the opportunity of the grace of God and salvation. All of humanity. Some have received and some haven't. There's two races of people. There's different cultures, but there's, different ra- there's only two races of people, and that's saved and unsaved. That's it. There's nothing else. And all, all this... All this malarkey of stuff of battling between different colors of skin and stuff that's in our country, my goodness, it's got to stop. But the only way it's going to stop is as we become people of grace. And we activate grace by being thankful. See? Not, not thankful for something that has happened bad. Oh, God, I thank you that that bad thing happened and that person died. No, no, I'm not thankful for the situation. I'm thankful for how, how great God is in the midst of it, and he'll make the difference up. That's where we have to be constantly. And I'm telling you, there's an, um, an epidemic in our nation of unthankfulness. And we've got to change that. How? One person at a time. Where does it start? With you. With me. It starts right here. Learning every day how, wait a minute, that was really unthankful. That was really complaining. I put my mouth on this person that was created in the image of God, and the Bible says there's something wrong with that. It's deathly. It, it produces destruction. It's why, it's why so many people, I feel like, 
More people die from stress and, and bitterness and unforgiveness in our nation than die of cancer or heart disease or whatever. A lot of these diseases are affected by the bitterness and the unforgiveness that we hide and hold in our hearts, but it creates diseases. And many people don't fulfill their purpose and plan on the earth. They die prematurely because they've never developed a grateful heart. Gosh, I'm telling you, man, there's something. It's, it's a weapon. It is a weapon that shuts thoughts down. You, you, know, you know where I really saw it for the first time in my life? Was... When did, when did Debbie get married? Was that 1998? Somewhere in there. Yeah, about 98, 99. My sister was getting married, and all the family was converging at one place. Family, a lot of them that I hadn't seen in a long time, and I didn't want to see. <clears throat> I didn't want to see them, didn't want to be around them, had had attitude and stuff. I'd been born again for a long time, and I was a pastor and didn't want to be around some of my family. And my children were a lot younger, and they were, we were all in the car, and we were driving to Dallas to go to this wedding, and I was complaining the whole way there, you know, and I get up there, and I'm frustrated, and we go to this hotel that we're staying at, you know, where the wedding party, all, all the family was, and we were running late because I went in the wrong direction and took the wrong road twice. You know, when you have attitude, you don't find the place you need to go, Right? <laughs> <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and I get out of the car and I'm walking up to the counter of the hotel and I'm not happy and all the family's sitting there waiting for us to show up, you know, and I could tell they were frustrated because we were late and that made me mad. And, uh, and it was at that time, in, in that moment, that day, the next day, that whole weekend, that God showed me. He didn't, he didn't reveal to me, well, you know, it's okay for you to be like that because they didn't do this back, you know, 48 years ago and they didn't do this 20 years ago and they, this one acted that way and they didn't invite you to the family reunion because all you want to do is preach at them, you know, and those kind of things, you know. And, and he didn't remind me of any of that. What he showed me was, you're not grateful and thankful for the family that you have. And over the last, what's it been, almost 20 years, of my life, I have an awesome family. My side, this is all my side of the family, you know. I have some of my wife's side of the family here with us today. My nephew and his wife are here today, and uh, they're all perfect. But this was the other side. But I just, I had real attitude. <laughs> so I wouldn't be, I'd be talking bad about them. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but but my family, I realized how great my family was. And you know what? Nothing changed with them. Not one of them. Actually, over the next 10 years, I pursued every one of them and not one of them pursued me. They didn't change at all. I did. I began to thank God. And you know what started with my mouth? Lord, I just thank you that I have a family. I mean, I got tons of family. I'm thankful that I have a family. 
And as I've started there, it went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And I realized how having a grateful heart liberates you and it frees you. And you, you get to set the tone everywhere you go. Anybody ever had a piano tuner tune their piano? They come in and they take this little thing and, 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 it, and they hit it and it goes boom. And they set all the keys to that one tone. Boom, boom. You and I were created to set the tone everywhere we go. With that fragrance that we talked about that Thanksgiving produces, having a thankful heart sets a tone. Boom. And it's not a tone of bitterness and unforgiveness and talking bad about people. It's setting the tone of the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the thankfulness of God. Lord, we've been created to be those people to set the tone everywhere we go. And I can promise you over the last 20 years, I've been in the midst of people where I didn't set the right tone and in the moment I had to repent. God, forgive me. Forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for agreeing with that person when they said that thing about someone else. I got in agreement and, and I've had to go and make myself look like a fool. Come to someone and said, you know what? So-and-so Fabian said that about you and I agreed with them. And I just want you to know I don't really believe that and I repent. Let's go kick his hunt. No. <laughs> right? Not, not that part. <clears throat> but, but I'm just saying. I've had to do that. Why? Because it's stopping something in me. That's how you activate the grace of God and keep it going by repenting. No. No. I can't tell you how many times we've been watching something. We, 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 could, we could have been watching in the day, especially we could have been watching some Christian TV show and, and I would say something like, why does that guy wear his hair like that? And I could hear myself. That's complaining. There's no thankfulness in that. There's no attitude of gratitude. There's no, you know, building and strengthening, you know. And, and so whoever was sitting around me heard me say that. I can't tell you how many times I've had to repent. Why? Because it was so easy for me to be ungrateful. Because of where I came from. And you know what I was? Way back here I was a victim. Well, see, they did this to me and they did this and they did this. And if they hadn't done this, I wouldn't be like this. I had to grow up and come to the place where, you know what, I can't blame the past and I can't blame other people. I've got to tap in to the weapon of thankfulness and begin to acknowledge how great God is because now I've been born a second time and my lineage is connected to the blood of Jesus. See? And that's the life that matters. That's the life now that matters. I love my parents. I, I love the lineage I have. I thank God for my family, but my connection is the family of God because I've been born a second time. Amen? And you and I have to, have to understand that and work it and develop it on a regular basis. Now, um, look at this verse of this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that, I'm going to read it again, verse 4. Go back to verse 4. 
I thank my God always. This is Paul telling the church at Corinth this. This is in his letter to the church at Corinth. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you by Christ Jesus. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Verse 7. So that, so that, you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. When you and I, through thanksgiving, activate the grace of God, we come up short in nothing. Why? Because the power to overcome is in the grace. I have to have the grace of God to be a husband to my wife. I have to. I have to. She's a woman, I'm a man, I think totally different, and I've worked real hard at trying to get her to think like me, and she won't. No. Just a joke. Listen to me. I have to have the grace of God to be a husband. I have to. And, and, and I'm telling you, we would not be married today if I had not learned how to tap the grace of God, because in the grace is the power. In the grace is the power. You and I will come up short for nothing. Any of you that have small children, I'm telling you right now, you have to have the grace of God to raise your children. You have to. Anything that you do, business, I don't care, church life, I don't care what it is, you have to have the grace of God to accomplish but the grace of God will cause you to come up short in nothing. And it will produce the revelation that you need in Jesus Christ. See, knowledge is one thing. To have knowledge of the word is one thing. But what the Holy Spirit reveals to us is revelation. And that revelation comes as I activate and tap the grace of God. Through what? Thanksgiving. That's why... Today in my life, I spend all day, all day long, 24 hours a day. If I wake up in the middle of the night, something's coming out of my mouth in the form of thanksgiving. God, I just thank you that I can wake up. <laughs> I thank you that I can hear your voice. I thank you that you're present with me, Lord. I, just all the time, 24-7, I'm thankful. Not every second... But in a 24-hour period, why would I be anything else but thankful? See, because if that is true and the grace of God has everything that I need and I won't come short up short in anything, why would I want to tap anything else than what keeps you from never coming up short? I mean, I was born at night, but, you know, not last night. Glory to God. I can figure that out. <clears throat> Amen? That's what thankfulness does in tapping the grace of God that causes me to never come up short and to walk in revelation beyond my years. Romans 5. It's talking about what the grace of God accomplishes. Verse 15. But the free gift, 
the free gift. What gift? The gift of grace. But the free gift is not like the offense. We're talking about Adam, between Adam and Jesus here. For if the one man's offense, Adam, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, did what? It abounded to all of us. Do you notice? It, it, it's, it's the gift of grace that abounds. You understand? It's not my works. It's not how hard I do things and how hard I try to figure something out. It's me receiving the grace that has the power to cause everything in my life to be the way He wants it to be. I promise you, He doesn't want you and I sick, depressed, you know, down and out or anything else. He wants you and I according to what His Word says. And it's the grace that taps it and what causes the grace to manifest in my life is a heart of thanksgiving. I'm going to say it again. It's a huge epidemic. Un unthankfulness. And we've been called today to destroy it. One person at a time. One thankful attitude or response in an unthankful situation that will shut unthankfulness down. And cause people to go, why did he have him? I've never seen anybody react like that. He should, have, he should have turned around and slapped that person or whatever. I've never seen anybody do that. Yeah, that's why we're called to do it. I've never seen anybody walk in that kind of forgiveness. I've never seen anyone, you know, so, I mean, that's his brother and he acted like a jerk and, and he forgave him. And he thanked God in the midst of it. You say, you know what, I, I just, I, I could never do that. Yeah, that's what you think. But if you give it a shot, there's no end to what can happen. Yeah, you think you can't forgive that person. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what they did. No, but God does. And all he wants to do is be involved in the healing process of liberating you and setting you free. And that's what the grace has already done. So in other words, the answer for whatever we struggle with, it's already there. If I don't change what I say with my mouth, it'll never activate. It'll sit right there. You can go to the grave and never receive what Jesus paid for for you, and you can be born again and never receive it in this life. I don't know about you, but I say it like this. Not me. Amen? Amen? Not me. I'm, I'm receiving everything that God has for me, no matter what it takes and what i got to get rid of and the junk in my life that I have to be liberated and delivered from. One, one day I was giving an example like I gave to you about what happened with my family. After the service, this person came up to me and said, Pastor, he said, this person, this is years ago, he said, I've never heard a pastor admit that he did something wrong. That's what he said. And he said, aren't you concerned that people won't listen to what you say? I said, no, actually. Hopefully, they'll listen to me, what I'm saying, even more and put more of their faith in God instead of in me. Okay. Amen? Verse, and the gift is not that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from, came from many offenses resulted in justification. Watch verse 17. 
For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. When I activate the grace of God, it will cause me to reign in life. What does that mean? To be on top and not underneath. Bless coming in and going out in the things that I do. Why? Because I realize, wait a minute, I was created to be a blessing. So I have to be blessed, but I have to get blessed His way. And it's not through me doing what I think works. It's me embracing what He's already done. In other words, the work that I'm, and, and the blessing and, and, and the grace that I'm receiving is a finished work already. It's not something he has to go do every time I need some need met. It's already finished. I just have to receive. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Back to 1 Corinthians 15 and look at verse 9. This is what the grace of God produces in you and I. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9. <clears throat> this is what Paul says. <clears throat> Paul was, of everybody recorded in Scripture, Paul was head and shoulders above everybody else, being the most educated man that was, uh, that was a writer who helped to pin the writings of the Bible. Educated beyond. Degree after degree after degree. In the natural, nobody could compare to him. But watch what Paul says about himself. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because, in other words, of my mistakes. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Man, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace. You know, everybody sitting in here today, there are things that you have in your life you don't need to tell anybody else. All of us have things that we know about ourselves that you don't need to necessarily tell the whole world. But what you have to have is the forgiveness being so real that you can walk free from that and become a, a person with a thankful heart that activates the grace of God and you can say as the Apostle Paul, I'm educated, I've done all these things, but I persecuted the church. I killed Christians. I'm the least of all apostles. What was he doing? He was taking the humility road. Hmm? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you at the proper time. When you're a person of grace, a person of thanksgiving that is activating grace and your whole life is what it is because of the grace of God. What did Paul say here? I am what I am because of the grace of God. Only, only. They should have taken him. The Christians should have taken him. They should have nailed him to a cross, you know, and shot, shot harpoon bows at him, you know, or whatever. They should have killed him right there because of what he did to the church. 
And he said, I am what I am. I'd be dead. I'd be out of here had it not been for the grace of God. And here's the man that penned two-thirds of the New Testament for you and I. Huh? He's no better than you and I. But how beautiful are his feet because of what he's given to us. That he, he was willing to be persecuted and go through things to be able to write this gospel and experience it because of the grace of God. He had a testimony of the greatness of the grace of God. Can you say amen? The Bible says you can just look at it. Actually, if you want to put it up there, I think it's Numbers 12 and 3. Numbers 12.3. It says, I should be able to quote it. Is it up there? Now the man Moses was very humble. More than all men who are on the face of the earth. And you know what? He was the most humble and the most used man on the planet in his time. Nobody was used any greater or more powerful than Moses. Why? Because of his humility. We see the Apostle Paul taking that same road of humility about himself and putting all of his confidence in the grace of God. I am what I am. By the grace of God. And where does a person, where is, how is a person able to do that? Through developing a heart of thankfulness for the greatness of God. Bar none. No other way. You will not tap the grace of God any other way than through thankfulness. Gratitude. Gratefulness and how great God is. And my last point And this is, I want you to really grab this. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Galatians 2 and verse 21. Not to receive the grace of God in vain. Galatians 2 and verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law or through works, then Christ died in vain. To receive the grace of God in vain which the encouragement was not to receive the grace of God in vain, is not to have a grateful heart. And what I'm going to say to you about this today as I end this, end this message, what I'm going to say to you is this. You and I have got to be challenged. I don't care how grateful you think you are. I'm telling you, we don't know anything like we need to know it. We need... You and I are here, wherever where each of us are at, but God wants us to go here in understanding what thankfulness and gratefulness produces. Because if inside this package of the grace of God, which is a gift, and what I have to do is receive it, 
then the more thankful I am, the more I'm in position to receive the grace. You see? And, and if I'm not in position to receive it, I'll miss it. And it had every answer to every situation in life, and I missed it because I wouldn't on a day-to-day basis, situation to situation, circumstance to circumstance, I wouldn't take the challenge of changing my attitude from ungrateful or unthankful or having some attitude uh, towards somebody and begin to thank God for them. For them. When I was listening to the elections and I was listening to the speech from Donald Trump, his acceptance speech or whatever you want to call it, um, and then I listened to the speech of Hillary Clinton, who lost the election. As I was listening to her talk, my heart, and it wasn't even so much what she said as just my heart of compassion. And I began to thank God for the Holy Ghost and for people in her life. If she's not born again, I, I mean, I don't think she's born again, but I don't know her personally, so I can't make that claim. But I begin to just pray and thank God for the right people coming across her path to minister life to her. And people that are afraid today, that are rioting in the streets and all those kind of things, my prayer has just been, you know what, that they would come to the revelation of the God that I know. You see? Because what, where their problem is is their faith is in a, in a human being. And when you put your faith in a human being, all you're going to do is be let down. No, I'm not. My faith is in God. God alone. Amen? And what it produces is endless. I never in my life ever thought that I could have compassion for people that have done me wrong like I have today. You know, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about anybody that's even done me wrong. It's not, even, it's not even present in me anymore. But to be able to forgive people like that, I never thought I could. But for the grace of God. But for the grace of God. And I end with this verse. We read this Wednesday night at 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Can you put that up? And, and, and I want it in the Amplified. And I'll end with this. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14. The last verse of 2 Corinthians. The grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the presence and fellowship the communion and sharing together and the participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. What Paul prayed right there for the church at Corinth, that was the last verse of his last letter to the church at Corinth. And what he said was, grace and favor and spiritual blessing be on you and work in you as you press into a real relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying right there. It's the person of the Holy Spirit that reveals to us in the moment how to be thankful and reveals to us the things that we should be thankful for. And I'm telling you, if you will practice it every day, I, I, I can promise you because I know God, not me. It's not because of what I can do for you. I pr-
promise you, if you will develop thanksgiving, there's nothing, there's not anything in your life, answers that you need that are not already included in the grace of God. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. And you have the authority to do it through thankfulness.